0: Turn me down just a little bit there, Sam. Yeah. Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see you today. I, I hope you're having a good summer. It's been busy. A lot of things going on, but uh, God's in the middle of it. Um, last week, we were blessed. Uh, if you were able to be here, you saw our children, the children that attended children's camp. They came up and they quoted a scripture verse and they used some hand motion Uh, to be able to share with you the theme verse of our camp and I want to just go back to that for just a minute. John 17 3 Jesus said this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and the one you have sent Jesus Christ. Great theme verse and I praise God that the God that we know and worship is a God that wants to be known and uh I just want to reiterate what I said last week. God wants you to know him personally. The beautiful thing is you can know God personally. Uh, We all can. Everybody can. Anybody can. Through Jesus Christ, we all have access to God. And that's what was taught to our kids last week at camp. Sam, turn me down just a little bit. There you go. So the beautiful thing is we studied last week that God reveals himself to every human being. That's ever lived on the face of this planet. He's made himself known. Paul writes the truth about God is known to them, to you instinctively. God has put this knowledge in your heart from the time the world was created. People have seen the earth and the sky and all that God has made. You can clearly see his invisible qualities. His eternal power and his divine nature. So you have no excuse whatsoever for not Knowing God. Not only does God reveal himself, but God speaks to us. And that's the whole theme of today's message is God speaking. He is seeable, he is knowable, and he can be heard. I I ran across this proverb the other day. I'm going through Proverbs again uh, this year. And uh, I've shared that with you. But this is an interesting one. It gives us a clue, I think, to how God made us. Proverbs 20, verse 12. says, ears to hear... And eyes to see, both are a gift from the Lord. Just stop and think about it. God gave you two eyes, two ears, and just one tongue. Does that tell you anything? (laughs) It should. And uh, I, I hope you'll understand more and more about that as we go through the message today. I said to you last week that we first saw God. Through his creation, the sun, and all the solar bodies that are out there in space, in the heavens, we last saw that God, uh, we saw God through his only son, through Jesus Christ. But how does God speak to us? Well, Jesus said in John 10, 27, My sheep recognize my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. To correctly understand what Jesus is saying in this amazing verse of scripture, you have to look at what Jesus says about the good shepherd and about his sheep. And beginning in verse 1 of John chapter 10, if you want to turn in your Bibles there, we're going to be there for a little while today. He said, I assure you that anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Well, in Jesus' day, a sheepfold was a public corral or a holding pen for shepherds to safely secure their animals uh, for the night. Most every town, most every village would have a communal sheepfold that sheep would be placed in. Every day, the shepherd would take his sheep out to graze in the fields to get water in the streams, and then he would bring them as night approached back into town and place them in this local sheepfold in doing so he would entrust the sheep that were in his care in his possession to a gatekeeper or a porter or someone we would call a hired under shepherd the gatekeepers job would be to guard the sheep during the night while the shepherds went back home and got some sleep and rest and then the next day it would all start all over again and the shepherds would return to the sheepfold and the gatekeeper would let them in by way of the gate for them to call and to claim their sheep. Now, again, you got to kind of get a picture of this. This is a stone enclosure with a single gate. And every day, shepherds, many shepherds, would bring their sheep, put them into that sheepfold, leave them for the night. And uh, so there would be a lot of sheep, multiple flocks of sheep in each of these sheepfold. And so this would be a gathering place for all the sheep in the area. So, it would be a very tempting place for a thief to go and try to steal some sheep. And in Jesus' day, there were unscrupulous people who would rustle sheep. They would try to steal them. They would sometimes be successful in that. But because there would be only one gate in the sheepfold and because there would be a gatekeeper there protecting the gate, the the sheep stealers or the rustlers would have to climb over the wall at night to try to get the sheep out. It wasn't an easy thing to do. But they were persistent and sometimes they were successful. Their goal was always to steal something that did not belong to them. Well, that has always been Satan's goal, right? That's what Satan does. He, um, he's a thief. And, and Jesus says that in John 10.10. 10. He says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Now I've said this but I want to remind you again Satan hates God He's an enemy of God And he hates God's greatest act of creation Human beings like you and me uh, You and I need to understand that he wants to own your soul And in fact he does when you become a sinner lost to God And that happens the very first time you sin against God Uh, You are born, and I share share this with you in my class, you're born innocent, pure, and clean when you come into this world, but you don't stay that way. You have a sin nature that wakes up and gets active, and when you sin, you become lost to God, and you become a part of the enemy's family. And Jesus says that. He says you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to do what he wants, and that is to rebel against God. Folks, we all sin. Amen? Amen. We ought to say, oh me, but we, we all sin. Every one of us has sinned this week. Um, and when you commit that first sin, at, at some point early on in our life, when we're children, we all become lost to God. And uh, all lost souls belong to God. It makes you an enemy of God when you become lost to God. But but that's not what God desires. God desires that you be saved. He wants everybody to be saved. In fact, he said in Luke nineteen ten, Jesus did, the Son of Man came to find, lost people, and save them. Uh, I've shared this verse with you numerous times recently for what Peter says in 2 Peter 3 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return, as some people think, but no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish, so he's given. Every, he gives, he's giving more time for everyone to repent. And Paul piggybacks on that in, in Romans 10, 9 where he says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you were saved. And the beautiful little verse that follows that, verse 13, says this. For anyone, and some translations say everyone, for anyone or everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, you can because you are a free will agent. That's the way God made you. You can choose to call on the Lord or you can choose not to call on the Lord. That is your choice. You can reject Jesus. People do it every day. The Bible is full of people's names who chose to reject the Lord. But praise God... You also have in scriptures many who chose to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. And folks, that doesn't sit well with Satan. Satan hates God. He hates the church. That means he hates saved people. And he would love to steal your saved soul away from God, but he can't because we are eternally secure in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen and amen. You know, look at what Jesus said in John ten twenty seven. He said, my sheep recognize my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one, no one will snatch them away from me. Well, when Satan is not able to snatch your saved soul away from God, he shifts his goal. He has another plan. He tries then to steal your joy. If he can't steal your soul, he's going to steal your joy or maybe even your witness in John 10, 10, if you read that whole verse, it says the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy, but he said my purpose is to give you life in all its fullness. Folks, Satan wants to steal the joy out of our life, and uh, he's pretty good at doing that. I have a friend named Jeff Crook that is a pastor who, who wrote these words. He says, Satan seeks to steal from us the truth, of what it means to live, to live life to the fullest. He said, Jesus said that he came to give life and the life that he gives is full and complete and it's satisfying. But the life lived outside of Jesus Christ, apart from Christ, will always result in emptiness and a futile search that sadly leads to an empty well and an empty bucket. A lot of people walking around today with an empty bucket. Dr. Tony Evans said that trusting Jesus for your salvation will get you into heaven. And that's a true statement. But trusting Jesus for your salvation doesn't automatically get heaven to come down to you and its subsequent power and authority and blessings. So what does he mean by that when he said that? Well, let me remind all of us that you get into God's kingdom by way of a process known as conversion we convert from being lost to being saved. That's when you reject Satan and you choose to live for Christ. That's when you decide to change sides, to go from being an enemy of God to being a part of the family of God. And by getting into God's kingdom, or or by getting God's kingdom to visibly manifest itself right now in your life with daily abundant life that we all want and that Jesus promised, that only comes to you through your personal commitment to Christ On a daily basis. Again Dr. Evans says this. He says getting into God's kingdom. Once this earthly life concludes. Is a gift of salvation through faith. In the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. But getting God's kingdom's provisions and sanctification. To you in the here and now is a special grace given by God. In response to your dedication. Now let me dumb this down and simplify it for us just a little bit. What's Satan's goal for your life? You give that any thought? What what does Satan want for you? He wants you to live in distraction, and he wants you to live in confusion. He doesn't mind you going to the well of the Lord, but he wants you to come back with an empty bucket. So if that's the case, what's God's goal for us? Well, it's all about dedication, and it's all about commitment. God wants us to come to the well, but he wants us to go home with a full bucket. In fact, he wants our bucket to be pouring, running over to, to, you know, it's just slap full because of the joy and the peace and the grace that the Lord gives us. Friends, uh, commitment and dedication happens only when the Jesus that you place your faith in is the Jesus that rules in your life. The, the writer of Hebrews said it this way. He said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, To the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress, our spiritual growth. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. Paul says, and when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, You and I are going to share in all of his glory. Again, Dr. Cook says this. He said, if you're looking for life, if you're searching for life, if you're searching for something you don't have, you'll only find it in Christ Jesus. Jesus not only gives real life, but he'll overflow your bucket. And if you've walked with Christ, you know what I'm talking about. Living in that joy and peace that the Lord provides. Well... Jesus goes on to say some interesting things throughout the 10th chapter. He says that a shepherd enters through the gate and the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and then he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they recognize his voice. They won't follow a stranger They will run from him because they don't recognize his voice. I want us to pay attention to the number of times that Jesus says that the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. Try to put this in the context of a day. Well, the sheep would be in the pen. They've slept there all night. They would hear the shepherd as he came early in the morning to speak to the gatekeeper, and uh, he would come and get them ready to go out to graze, and they would hear him with that conversation they would also hear their shepherd as he would call out their individual names the names of the sheep that's pretty amazing to me because shepherds would sometimes have uh, over a hundred sheep in their flock and yet they're all named they all have individual names and and what's even more amazing is that the shepherd would remember their names the sheep would know their name and the shepherd would remember their name and uh, I, I, you know, you got to be pretty good to be able to do that. They would also know which way the shepherd was leading, and, and keep this in context as well. A lot of times, shepherd would show up early before the sun came up. He would be busy getting his sheep ready. He'd go in. He would talk to the gatekeeper. Then he would call the sheep by name, and then he would begin to have a conversation, and he would, he would lead them out, and in the darkness, they would hear his voice, recognize his voice, and follow him right on out into the field of graze. What's interesting is that if another shepherd came in and started speaking, they would not follow that shepherd out because of a strange voice. They knew not to go with anybody that they didn't recognize as their shepherd. Well, guys, our God speaks. Amen? He speaks Now, I, I'm going to say this to you. I have never heard the audible voice of God. I've had a few people say they have. Could be. I don't know. I've not personally heard the audible voice of God. But I've heard God speak in many ways throughout my lifetime. And uh, Jesus says this. He said, my sheep recognize my voice. I know them and they follow me. Well, for you, To recognize the voice of God, God has to speak, right? God has to talk to us. In some way, he has to speak, and he does. And in fact, the Lord speaks to all of us, I believe, in many different ways. He speaks to draw you and encourage you and engage you in a conversation. He speaks to get your attention so that you'll know that he's real. He speaks to reveal himself to you because he wants you to know him personally. He speaks to communicate to you his plans for your life and and to confirm what he would like for you to do and what he would like to do in and through you. Some of you are going, well, pastor, if God speaks, then why in the world am I not hearing him? Why haven't I heard God? I've been talking to God, but God hasn't been talking to me. I haven't heard God. Why? Well, that could be your situation. It may be that you're desperate to hear God because you have a problem in your life. It may be that you're being tempted. And there are things that you're facing. That temptation that you need to hear from God about. It could be that there's conflict in your life right now. That's tearing your life apart. And, and you've prayed about that. And you've sought to hear from God. But you're just not hearing God at this moment. Well, can I just encourage you to do something? Don't give up. Don't quit trying to hear God. Don't quit pursuing God. Don't don't give up on God. Uh, God knows what he's doing. So keep on listening. Keep on trying to come to a point where you hear what God is saying. It may be that God is already speaking to you, but you're just not in a position to be able to hear God. I noticed the other night we were watching the fireworks, and it didn't seem real loud. You want to know why? Because the wind was blowing in a different direction. And and the boom was just as loud as it always is, but we were just not in a good position to be able to hear. And sometimes that's the case for us as we try to hear God. Isaiah the prophet said, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. In other words, move closer so that you can hear God. Uh, Solomon said, Listen to me. And this, this is God speaking through him. Listen to me and pay attention to the words of my mouth, God said. So why does God even speak to us in the beginning? Think about it. I believe it's because God loves you and he wants you to know his plan for your life no matter what situation you find yourself in. God loves us. Amen? He loves you. And and if I've learned anything through the years, I've learned that God's plan for our life is always the absolute best. Now, we sometimes get confused about this, but... Satan has a plan. It's not always a bad plan, but it's always second best to God's. It never measures up. It's never the very best. God's plan is always the very best for us, and he knows how to deliver what we need. You can also rest assured that God's going to move heaven and earth to be able to show you his plan. He will never call you to do something and then keep you in the dark about the details. However, there are times that what he wants you to do and what he wants to say to you may be so crucial that he waits to speak to make sure that you're listening and that you're focused on him and what he's about to say. In other words, you may not be hearing from God simply because he doesn't have your full attention. You're only partially listening to God. He may be waiting for you to fix your entire attention upon him. He may be waiting to prepare you for the answer. I can't tell you exactly why you're not hearing from God, but this is what I know about the Lord that we know. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They are plans to give you a future and a hope. Friends, that is a promise from God that you can always bank on God has a plan for you in fact I think God's got a plan for every baby even conceived in the womb when God spoke to Jeremiah for that very first time he was a teenager and God had been working on his life and and trying to form him and shape him he said this to him he said I formed you before I formed you in the womb I knew you before you were ever born I set you apart I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, I believe that is true of every human being conceived in the womb. Conception is a creative act of God. So you might not be a prophet, you might not be a preacher, you might not be a Sunday school teacher or a missionary, but there's something that God wants to do in and through your life. And if allowed, God will tell you what that is. Uh, Just just think about this. How how can God expect you to walk in his will and accomplish his purpose if he doesn't tell you what that is? God's not the author of confusion. That is Satan's job. It would be totally out of the character of God to hide what he wants you to do and be and then expect you to be that. That's why God put some 3,500 promises in the Bible. He clearly spells out His will in Scripture and through the Holy Spirit and He empowers you to be able to walk in it. But see, here's the, here's the question that is really important that we need to ask. Do, do we know the difference between a stranger's voice and the voice of the great shepherd? Again, God said in Proverbs 5, 1, turn your ears to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. If God were to speak to you today, would you recognize his voice? Would you? I believe that you have to learn to recognize the voice of God in order to be able to hear him. And you can. And you can. I think there's a video if we can get that plugged in. I want you to listen to this. It's very important. You can learn to recognize the voice of God.
1: Hey, this is Ray Harmon over here at Namrak Farms. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your day. And uh, Caesar says hello to you. And uh, I'm over here. It's, uh, it's about 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. The sheep are all hanging out here in, in the shade already. But uh, remember Tony? Tony Two Toes Malone, a.k.a. T-Bone? He's the new one that we just brought in and he was brought in from another shepherd just north of us and when uh, tony got here the very first thing he did was run to gather in with other sheep he wanted to be around other sheep and you see even now he's he's a little nervous he's by himself he's been looking around to make sure there's other sheep around and the truth is when i call he had no clue who i was he doesn't know my voice those first few days here he was clueless however When I would call, my other sheep would come. And being a sheep and sheep follow sheep, Tony would follow them. Now, he he kept his distance. He kind of took up with Susie Q. Knucklehead and a little bit wary of me and just kind of keeping his distance. But I keep calling. I'm persistent with my call. And I'm patient because I know in time he will put my voice together with the call to come. And he'll understand. He'll learn the sound of my voice and the good shepherd. He is patient. He is kind. He knows that the new sheep in his flock, they need time. Time to learn the sound of his voice. Time to learn his call. And he lovingly and persistently continues to call, knowing that they'll huddle up with the other sheep and that they will come when the other sheep come. They'll probably keep their distance at first, but eventually they'll learn the sound of his voice and come when he calls. Now y'all go enjoy the shepherd, and I'll see you soon. That's about a redneck
0: shepherd, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Great lesson, though. You can learn to hear the shepherd's voice. When the Lord speaks to you, do you recognize who he is? Do you recognize that it's the Lord? I, I was thinking about this the other day, and, and it, it came to mind. You know, when Samuel was young, God spoke to him. But in the beginning, he didn't know who was speaking. Great account of that in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel was serving the Lord by assisting Eli. And now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had just gone to bed and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, What is it? And he jumped up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. What do you need? And Eli replied, I, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he did. And then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel jumped up and he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. What do you need? And Samuel said, my son, I, I didn't call you. Go, go back to bed. Verse 7 said, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he He had never had a message from the Lord before. Wow. Verse 8 says, so now the Lord called a third time. And once again, Samuel jumped up and he ran uh, to Eli. And he said, here I am. What do you need? And then Eli realized that it was the Lord that was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and he called just as before. Samuel! Samuel! And Samuel replied, yes, your servant is listening. It's amazing to me as I read through that the other day, that God had to speak four times for Samuel to understand that it was the Lord that was speaking to him. It was a process, a learning experience. I want you to know that there are at least two things you have to do to recognize the voice of God. Things that have helped me. You have to first become an active and attentive and purposeful listener. You, You have to desire to hear God. It's when you intentionally are listening for God that you will hear God. If you came here this morning expecting to hear God through maybe my message or through a Bible study lesson that you'll be a part of later on, then you can hear God. If you're looking for God to speak to you as you read your Bible and your your devotion every morning, then then you can hear God. But you've got to be intentional about listening to God. You also have to realize that God is constantly teaching you and potentially demonstrating his love and wisdom to you in every event and detail in your life, in every situation. Stanley says your challenge is to expect him to reveal himself. When you have an open and willing heart, regardless of what you're facing, and then to intentionally apply what he says to you. Again, we've heard that from James. James one twenty two says, remember, it is a message to obey and not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. When you hear God speak, you need to obey, is what he's saying. So I think it's good for us just to develop a spiritual mindset that every day the Lord is going to say something to you, and, and I don't want to miss it. Why? Well, it's because it's absolutely critical that you learn to listen to God. You need to be able to know when God is speaking to you. Your your desire to live by faith, walking completely within the will of God in your life, will only begin when you have a true desire to hear what God is saying. Again, Stanley says, when you have no idea where the Lord is leading you or what he wants to change in your heart, Listening is the first and most critical, crucial component to greater faith. I think that's what Solomon meant when he said these words or wrote these words in Ecclesiastes 5. Again, note the context of this. He says, as you enter the house of God, as you come into the worship center, keep your your ears open and your mouth shut. Ooh. Ooh. Don't be a fool who doesn't realize that mindless offerings to God are evil. And don't make rash promises to God. For he's in heaven and you're only here on earth. So let your words be few. I think we would all agree that we listen better when our mouth is closed, right? I think so. Again, I want to remind you that Samuel didn't recognize the voice of God to begin with. But because he had the gentle guidance of a mentor like Eli, Samuel learned how to hear God. And his faith grew stronger and stronger every day. And so he learned to listen to the voice of God. And it became a healthy habit in his life. Today, as we read scripture about Samuel, we we understand him to be a man who listened and obeyed God. It was all a spiritual journey for him. It was a learning process, but it was certainly worth all the effort that he put forth in that process. And the same's true for you. Same's true for me. There's great benefit to learning to hear God speak. So I, I want to suggest to you a few things that I think that can help all of us improve our ability to hear God. Here's the first work at developing your desire to know God more. Develop a passion, an intimate passion for knowing God. You ought to want to know God more and more every day of your life. Second of all, spend time reading and meditating on the Word of God. It's important that you have a time every day to be able to do that. Set aside a specific time each day, not just to read the Word of God, but to listen to the Word of God. Listen to God speak. Fourth, practice the art of being silent before the Lord. Turn off the TV, put the phone in another room, and just be quiet before God. And, and I would suggest that you do all of this each day expecting God to speak. And then when he speaks, thank God for what he says. Give him praise and honor and glory. Uh, the, the big thing that I think we all need to remember and, and, and you know, about listening to God, and this is a hard thing to do, is that you have to be still and quiet. We live in a busy world, don't we? It's so busy and it's so full of distractions that if we don't practice that, we can miss what God's saying. And, there, and there's one more thing. You know, and, and I believe this, God can speak to you any way that he's ever spoken in the past. And he could even create new ways to speak. Uh, God is very resourceful. He can do it however he wants to. He can speak through miracles and through situations, through people, through angels, through storms. God is not limited in any way when he wants to come and speak to you. He can do it any way that he wants to. But I think you'll agree with me in our day. 95% of the time when God speaks to us, he does it through two primary sources. God's number one way for speaking to us today is through scripture. Through our Bible, through reading the Word of God on a daily basis. And friends, I'll just say this. If you don't have it a habit of spending time in God's Word, then you're never going to hear what God is saying. That's the primary way that God speaks. The Bible is the inerrant, infallible Word of God. It's a precious gift. We all ought to own one. We all ought to read one. Don't just, just don't own it. Read it. Paul says to Timothy, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It, it straightens us out and it teaches us to do what is right. We need, we need Scripture in our lives." God also speaks through the still, quiet voice of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember what Jesus said, what he promised just before he returned to heaven? John 14, 26, if you don't, here's the scripture. He says, when the Father sends the counselor as my representative, and by the counselor, Jesus says, I mean the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I myself have told you. We have not only scripture today to go to, but we have the benefit of the Holy Spirit that lives in us as believers to be able to speak to us, to encourage us, and to tell us the things we know about God. In Proverbs nineteen twenty, God says, listen to counsel. I, I think the best counsel we could ever listen to is that of the Holy Spirit. And accept his discipline that you may be wise the rest of your day. When you do so, he's going to teach you how to live your life in a way that's pleasing to God. And he will empower you to experience God in ways that you never, ever imagined to be possible. It was uh, a great week when we went to children's camp. And we got to see and be around different kids. And we had some that were a part of our church. We had some others that... We're not a part of our church, and we always do that because we're always reaching out, trying to encourage people to come to know the Lord. Well, we had this one girl that attended camp this year with us, first time. And she made a comment to one of our counselors, and it was rather interesting. She said early on in the week, she said that she did not know, she had never heard that Jesus was put on the cross because of our sin. She had never heard that. She had never heard that Jesus shed his blood to forgive our sin and that he died to pay for our sin debt. She didn't know that. She didn't know why he did that. And the reason was she'd never, never been encouraged to read the Bible. She'd never been encouraged to spend time in it daily. She didn't understand the importance of reading scripture and knowing the word of God. So she... She doesn't know a whole lot about God. She didn't come to camp knowing a whole lot about God. I'm sure that she heard more of God's word in those four or five days than she had heard in her entire life up to that point. But praise God during that week because she was at camp because people made that possible for her to be able to go because there was a camp for her to go to she was able to hear God speaking to her heart And praise God, she gave her heart to Jesus, and she was saved. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, She said at one point, I feel like God is drawing me. He's drawing me to himself. And you know what? He was. And he does. And because he was drawing her, the scripture is very clear that unless the Spirit of God draws us, we cannot come to God. The beautiful thing is, she recognized what it was, and it took a couple days for her to understand that, but she came to know the Lord, and now she's a child of God. Why? Because she learned to hear God speaking. I wonder, how about you? Are you able to hear God speak? Do you know the difference between His voice and a stranger's voice? Maybe God's speaking to you. What's He saying? What's He want you to do with your life? I know this whenever God speaks, That's the time to obey. That's the time to move closer to the Lord and be obedient and do what God blesses. God blesses obedience. Amen? Amen. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. Ronnie and our praise team are going to come. We're going to have a time of invitation. I don't know what God has been saying to you or speaking to your heart about. I don't know if you're facing temptation. I don't know if you're struggling with with things in your life, with problems, if there's conflict that's tearing you apart. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you, you know, I'm sure God is speaking to you. He always speaks, no matter what our situation is. We just need to learn to listen. And I pray that you're hearing God this morning, and I pray that you'll respond to him in obedience. Let's let's pray together. Father. I thank you that you're a loving, gracious God, one full of compassion, one full of tender mercies. I thank you, Lord, that you know us by name. You know what our need is. You know what we're struggling with. Lord, I ask you this morning to help people come closer and closer to you. Help us to know you. Help us to have a personal relationship with you through Christ. Lord, if there's someone here today that's lost, that needs to be saved, God save their soul. Help them to come while your spirit is drawing them. If there are Christians, Lord, that are struggling with their faith and struggling with their walk of life because, Lord, they're not hearing you, God speak to them today. And again, encourage them to come closer to you. Lord, we, uh, we struggle with life. Life's not easy. You know that. You created us. You know we have an enemy. And that's why you love us so much. That's why you have so much grace and mercy for us. Lord, thank you for being kind to us. And thank you, Lord, for meeting us where we are. You don't expect us to clean our life up before we come. You tell us to come as we are. So Lord, may your will be done today. May we please you through obedience. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Will you stand? Will you respond to God? Whatever your need is, let God answer that for you. You come. Please. You You choose a humble and raised